I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. You like to move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. You like to move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. You like to move Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to I Like to Movie Movie. My name is Dan Scully. I'm Stephen Richards. And today we're doing something a little bit different. We ready to are, throw down. We're ready to throw down. We are going to be stealing uh, the format of a beloved podcast, uh, the Taste Buds podcast, where they argue the merits of uh, We're stealing right. the entire idea, um, except for the part where a decent amount of people vote in the poll i think there's like 20 votes total but um did you put up the poll i didn't see a poll at all oh yeah i put up a poll and i shared it a bunch of times and uh, i actually don't know what the results are now but it's not as highly voted upon as you know we don't have impractical jokers backing so we don't have that kind of a that kind of a thing going on but uh in honor of this week's release of the fifth and as they're promising final Entry in the Indiana Jones franchise, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Uh, we are going to duke it out and uh, discuss the uh, uh, two of our our favorite uh, Harrison Ford characters. Uh, so this this week it's going to be Indiana Jones versus Han Solo. Not, I know everyone thought I was going to pick what his character from from uh, Six Days Seven Nights yes. with Meg Ryan. Uh, that was a uh, plane crash. That was uh, Anne Heche. Anne Heche, sorry. Anne poor Heche, man. R- the poor R- man's R- like Ryan. R.I.P. Yeah. R.I.P. Actually, um, I, I would go the other way with that, but that's just me. All right, well, sure. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we're not here to argue about Anne Hage or Meg Ryan. <laughs> Perhaps in a future episode, <laughs> yeah. we can argue about uh, Anne Hage and Meg Ryan. But uh, before we get started, uh, you know, follow at Movie Movie Cast on all the things. Uh, I've been dropping an ad in uh, saying all of that, so we don't even really have to do housekeeping. So, um, fine, I won't. Yeah. So, you know I what? Just... I'll do the opposite. Don't follow us on our property, but. Um, I just want to go out and say I've seen Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, and um, pretty good. I was a fan. Really? You're the only person on the internet that's saying that. Well, I, uh, it was operating at a bit of a disadvantage because I did see it at AMC and AMC is a garbage theater and they fucked up the projection yet again. And um, even through that, I had a lot of fun, Um, but I'm also a pretty big fan of Indiana Jones. I very much like the fourth one that a lot of people don't like. Um, But I I thought this new one was, it did some interesting things. It's certainly my least favorite in the franchise. I don't think that's a a terrible thing to say, but it's a, it's far from the top of the franchise, but I think it was pretty darn good and it has a lot of cool shit in it. So um, in my research for uh, this down and out battle, um, whenever I search for things like count, it's like trying to get points for, you know, counterpoints really. Um, and I would search for Indiana Jones, like not a good character. All I hmm. got was multiple, like large names, like, watch mojo or ign like saying like indiana jones 5 really not that good (laughs) i mean it's i think you do have to go into it with certain expectations managed because this is the fifth entry this is uh 
Harrison Ford is 80 years old. Did you just spill something? No, I dropped a screwdriver. Because <laughs> you looked directly into the camera with like, uh, uh, yeah. I just, I like caught with my hand in the cookie jar. Because well, I didn't want to embarrass you with one of our listeners by dropping a screwdriver and making a lot of noise. But I apparently that, will call that... more attention to it and that'll just make it, make it all better. <laughs> I don't see how there's any way that that would embarrass me. I'm miles away from you at the moment. I know. But I, that's why I made that face. That's why I made that face. It was a very funny face. If we yeah. were a video podcast, the listeners and the viewers would enjoy it. But there are no viewers because there is no, no video. But uh, yeah, I think you do have to go into Indiana Jones 5 with managed expectations because this is the fifth one. This is Harrison Ford, who's 80 years old and has survived 100 plane crashes. And this is the first time that Spielberg is not directing. Uh, James Mangold, who is quite the director... Wait, Spielberg directed Crystal Skull? He directed the entire thing up until I this new one. I definitely did not know that. I think it's worth revisiting if wow. you didn't like Crystal Skull. because I did not. If you watch it, because I watched all of them in anticipation of the new one, and if you watch them all back to back to back, it's kind of fascinating how each entry does its best to try and embrace the filmmaking technology of the time. There are aspects in Crusade that look kind of shitty, but in a way that's like dated and fun. And now that Crystal Skull is dated, the way that the effects are applied that seemed chintzy at the time now just kind of seem classic. It's still, you know, it's a it's a different feel overall. But I, I think that uh, I, I think that Crystal Skull holds up a lot better than many would expect. And granted, I am biased because I was watching the 4K disc. And as I understand it, they they went in and retooled some of the effects for the wow. 4K. And I think they did a good job. But, uh, you know, overall, the series has always been a mixture of practical stunts enhanced by filmmaking craft, be it green screening, be it hand-painted backdrops, be it, you know, rotoscoping, a plane crashing over. You know, it's they're always trying to push it. And so, you know, it is what it is. This new one looks like a modern action movie for better or for worse. Uh, sometimes it really works, sometimes it doesn't, but it's certainly not trying to push the envelope in terms of like, we're going to go bigger and better with indie. It's not doing like a Fast X thing. It's just giving us a nice character-based close on the character, as well as providing, you know, a really solid action adventure movie. And yeah. uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Bridges, Bridge, Bridges, uh, she steals the whole thing. She's absolutely fantastic. Funny. I do like her a lot. She it like feels her. like she's been in this franchise since day one. Like she belongs there. Yeah. But uh, it's a win, and it's the best de aging I've ever seen as well. Uh, mostly because when you're de aging Harrison Ford, you have you know 50, 60 years of of not sixty like fifty years of film performances from which to draw upon. So there's like no shortage of footage to use to create a younger thing because the opening happens in flashback but uh you know we're getting there we're getting there well you just spoiled for me that it's not a time travel movie so i didn't say that <laughs> i did not say that at all you intuited that and i will not go either way because there are <laughs> there are plenty of surprises that uh are in store for you that i think you will very much enjoy it goes places that I was a little nervous at first, and then when it started to like look like it was going in that direction, I was like, you know what? All right, I'm into this. Um, I tried again for research. I tried to watch um, Raiders of the Lost Ark over the weekend, 
and I just couldn't get through it. Really? I couldn't get through it, man. I don't. I I might have been too sleepy. I might have been too indulgent. That's probably it because what you're saying is impossible. I don't. I don't know, man. I couldn't get through it. What What do you mean? Like you? You weren't. I just didn't care enough about what was going on in the movie to make to keep my interest. That sounds like a you problem. Yeah, probably <laughs> through and through. But I did. That's try... one of the most exciting movies ever made. I did try two separate watches. Like I, I paused it. Did I made? I went for a W. I can't say the word because BB is at the window. Ah, yes, yes. Um, I got some dinner, played some Diablo Four, took a break, took a natural break, and then in the evening I revisited it, and I just wasn't into it. I wasn't feeling it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, Indiana Jones kind of sucks as a character. Well, I'm going to disagree with you on that, but we'll get into the battle shortly. So we are doing, uh, we're doing uh, Han Solo versus Indiana Jones. Uh, I am on Team Indiana Jones. I think that much is clear. I have the easiest job in the world as the uh, proponent, the champion of Han Solo. So let's go tit for tat with a couple of these talking points. I'll take tit. (laughs) (laughs) Titties for tatties. Um, What is your favorite movie involving each of these characters? Each of the characters? Well, I'll start with Indiana Jones and I'll go with The Last Crusade because I think that has the most interesting story and I like the relationship with uh, Sean Connery's uh, Henry Sr., is this a, a you're rocking back and forth here? Is this a this is, I dropped my screw my fidget screwdriver, so now I have to sway back and forth. The well, floor is right there. I know, but I'm just afraid, now I'm afraid to drop it again. So, I'm <laughs> fair <sweat>. enough. <laughs> uh, my favorite Indiana Jones uh movie is uh is uh Temple of Doom. I think that's my favorite movie with him in it, but I think like I would agree with you that my favorite application of Indy as a character probably is the last Crusade. Yeah, I like. I'm that... all about. I'm all about emotional growth when it comes to my characters, and you know, the Last Crusade is definitely the one where he grows the most emotionally. I mean, he found out that him and his dad both fucked the same lady, and uh, she betrayed both of them. So they bond. They bond over that. He also realizes that it's not all about the treasure it's about the relationships you make along the way well i think though that that's something that in temple of doom which is chrono- which in this case is not actually true it really yeah. is all about the treasure <laughs> it's all about the treasure well in temple of doom his first appearance uh chronologically he says that it's all about fortune and glory and then by raiders which chronologically comes second it becomes more about preserving history and doing things like that so he does have a little bit of that arc between the first and second movie, but you know, people forget Temple is a prequel. Uh, what about Han Solo? What is your favorite Han Solo movie? Well, I'm only I don't I'm one of the uh not few, I guess it's probably like a medium amount of us. I'm one of the people who are insufferable who uh have officially not realized the sequel trilogy as canon. Fair enough. Because I think it's absolute nonsense and horseshit, and they bungled it. They bungled the whole thing, Daniel. They fucking bungled it. 
I would agree that they bungled aspects of it, but I maintain that Last Jedi is probably still my favorite. Last Star Jedi War. in a vacuum, and we've said we've said this is a great movie. Yeah, but when you look at it as a part of, I wouldn't even say like that, a layer of the uh, Neapolitan dip mm-hmm. that is the sequel trilogy. It is the only good flavor in that dip, and you have to navigate precariously scoop around. around the you know other ones See, i liked force awakens mm-hmm. i wasn't like blown away by it i liked it a lot but i didn't like uh the last of the last one i forget what it's called the last uh, the, the rise of skywalker rise of skywalker that one was uh that one it was so just bad was a turd. yeah didn't quite anyway, do it anyway so the answer question holy it's got to be a new hope really new hope yeah. i'm going empire it's got, I mean, it's close. It's very close for me. Very close in date. It's um, close in date. I will, for the sake of my arguments coming uh, soon, I will say that Solo is is in the canon of my, I will, I will be looking to Solo for some points as well. I like Solo. I think that. I have uh, no problem with Solo as a whole. I think it's a really good character. Uh, I think it's. I think it could only exist as a prequel, meaning that if it had naturally come out before the original trilogy, yeah, it would just I be basic. It wouldn't have made any. It wouldn't have done anything. You know? Yeah, but I think with prequels, you end up you're building these characters top down instead of bottom up, yeah. because you're filling in that bottom up that we don't get from the top down that's always the problem with prequels You're but going i think behind that solo did a, a pretty good job at at you know establishing sort of an origin for han solo without necessarily undercutting what we already know about him in yeah. exchange for you know just to get a movie out you know i i think that's fair i i like solo i thought it was cool i mean and i would love to see the Lord miller version but uh you know the ron howard version i'm into it a lot of people saw it as what you just said which was kind of a cash grab and just like we have this character everybody loves let's do something with and they did the same thing with boba fett too which they which sucked because yeah. of that. because they just like said everyone loves boba fett even though he didn't have any impact on anything uh, he sucked at his job yeah he was not very good and i don't know why they cloned his ass so many times too i i mean everyone uh, they cloned, never mind they cloned Jango fett. sorry don't come at me in the comments nobody uh we don't get comments nobody uh no everybody who listens to this show uh all three of them know that my i don't have any particular love for boba fett because he is a character that failed at his job the one time he was successful at his job was when darth vader and lando did it for him and then he just kind of arranged the transport and then one day he just kind of like oops and fell to his death just a real shit character and it's like oh he has a jetpack and a cool helmet you know who else has a cool helmet every character in star wars ever <laughs> so it's not like it's yeah. not you know cool helmets are just they're part of the galaxy that said my favorite han solo uh tale is the one my favorite han solo inclusion movie is a uh, is uh, empire strikes back because i think it's the one that ultimately ends up being the most about han solo because of the focal point of him and Leia's yeah, romance, um, it's got the big, you know, the the frozen in carbonite moment and all that. Um, you learn a little bit about his past because he knew Lando from his smuggling yeah. days. 
that said, uh, I do like in A New Hope, especially the original version, I love the establishing, uh, you know, when Han did shoot first, I yeah. like what that establishes about him. And, I mean, he comes in and saves the the world at the end. Yeah, you know? he saves the day. But we can get it. We can get into. Um, uh, I've got some uh, Indiana Jones well, my, uh, stuff to talk about there. That's why I'm not. I'm not. I'm not even going past that sentence. But I can. I see our list here. Can I skip to the coolest moment? Because my coolest moment for Han Solo is in Empire Strikes Back. Let's hear it. Because it is the line where uh, when he goes out to save Luke, and that bitch boy is like, "Your tauntaun will freeze before you hit the first marker," and he says that I'll see you in hell, and then he just books it. Yeah, that is. The quintessential Han Solo moment for me. He's so badass. He cuts yeah. the Tauntaun open, rips his guts out, and makes a little reverse refrigerator for Luke. Yeah. Incredible stuff. Incredible stuff. I mean, and, if I'm picking a moment, though, it's the I love you, I know moment. Yeah, I, I know. But I don't experience real love, so I never, I never, I can't commiserate with that particular moment, so. I just think it's a um, badass, like, timing moment. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, someday I'll be able to experience something like that. But, you know, I love you. (laughs) What I like about that, though, is that he's sort of. I've definitely I knowed a few women in my day and it felt awesome. Well, Um, because I like that it speaks to like he feels the love that she's giving. He clearly wants to say it back, but he's just too goddamn cool. And and he also wants to like get in that last sly little I told you so yeah like i'm so bad pretty much yeah but what i love about it is that is him saying it back because it's i think to me it's caveman feel no emotion well one one it's that and it's also just like he's letting leia know like we're not saying goodbye here this isn't goodbye this isn't fucking over i trust that you guys are going to do something about this and sure enough they do i'll see you in the next one i'll see you i'll see you i'll see you in part three in part three <laughs> when the jedi return um my coolest indie moment um man this is so tough because he's just like so goddamn cool all the time um man i actually really have to think about it i had a busy day at work so well, I wasn't my able coolest to really indie moment I'll, I'll i'll talk about while you get your thoughts together my coolest indie moment is just the easy one where the dude with the sword comes in and starts doing all the fancy stuff and he just shoots him. Yeah, that is pretty bad. That's badass. like that's the clip that they play at the Oscars montage, you know. That's like oh when, for sure. When you appreciate cinema, all the great cinematic moments, and then just Indiana Jones completely also in real life ruining this guy's life. Yeah. Because that guy apparently there was a whole like action scene choreographed out. Oh yeah, it was a whip versus sword fight. But um, Harrison Ford had dysentery at the time, and so they rearranged the scene so that he didn't have to do a whole lot of stunt work and instead just pulled that great, great moment. So, Um, yeah, I think the coolest moment for me is in Last Crusade when when uh, Indy is on the blimp with his dad, the Zeppelin. Oh, yeah. And uh, the uh, the German guy comes in and clearly recognizes them. 
and uh indy sneaks off beats up a waiter and steals his uh steals his outfit and then when the german guy recognizes him as soon as the german guy's uh, the nazi's about to say something he decks him and then throws him out the window and you would pre- you presume to his death but he lands on on a pile of uh of uh, suitcases and stuff and everyone looks over at indy and he goes no ticket <laughs> and immediately everybody pulls out their ticket like oh shit i gotta do this and that's just such a great moment and it's a moment that was aped in the movie dogma when um silent bob who as per his name doesn't really say much uh throws i believe matt damon or and or ben affleck off of a train and it's like a crazy badass moment and everyone looks at him and he just goes no ticket and it's a fun little fun little reference i wish i could watch dogma thanks a lot harvey you piece Um, of shit i mean you can still watch dogma i don't have the 4k well i have a i have a dvd well it's not 4k though i'm pretty sure the the visuals in in dogma probably don't require 4k do you have annie in 4k annie yeah uh which one the original or the jamie fox one i have none of them in 4k so no. I have none of them in DVD. I've never seen an Annie movie. <laughs> so I have no clue. So yeah, there's a there's an Annie are you 4K joke here, but I don't know how to land it. So <laughs> I think you just did. <laughs> are you 4K Annie? You've been hit by, you've been struck by high definition. A Blu-ray. A Blu-ray. Um, All right. Um, what do you got? We we skipped. Uh, what's your least favorite movie, including Han oh, Solo? Uh, Return of the Jedi, probably by just by um, what do you call it? By proxy, I guess. Yeah, it's not. not a, it's not a bad movie, but I mean, the the actual worst movie is uh, the Rise of Skywalker. But he just shows up as sort he of shows a, up as a ghost. Yeah, yeah a force ghost is just like, hey, get no, off I my spaceship. I don't think it was a proper force ghost. I no, think I don't think was, so either. We were in the mind of Kylo Ren at that point. Yes, but it still was a ghost nonetheless, and that was all the more confusing, as we just pointed out. And uh, again, another unsuccessful part of that movie, uh, among many unsuccessful parts of that film. And I'm pretty sure that was something that was kind of added after the fact because, as I, I understand be it. Uh, Harrison Ford did not much care for bringing back Han Solo. Um, and when they said, can you bring him back? He was like, only if you kill him. He wanted and to then, die in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. He thought he, he, he took us back in the set in the 70s and 80s that he was like, I think that the, the natural arc for this character to end on is death. And I think and he's Lucas, correct. Lucas disagreed, but I, I think it could have gone either way. And I'm happy with what we got. Except for the, the Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, I, and I honestly, uh, I thought that Han Solo's death was handled really well overall. Uh, it, it wrecked me, but I loved it, if that yeah. makes sense. You know? I mean, it's supposed to. It's, it's got to wreck you. If it didn't wreck you, it would mean that they fucked it up. It wasn't it wrecked like Chewie. The, the ultimate on the scale of I loved it, but it wrecked me is the series finale of Six Feet Under. Like That's what I compare things to, because that was just the most hauntingly beautiful um representation of death that's ever been recorded on cinema uh but i would rank this about probably like a six six and a half seven on the six feet under scale <laughs> six feet under a six and a half which is con- which scale. again to confuse everyone is a scale of 10 the yes. six feet under scale is a scale of 10. <laughs> what's the over under on six feet under 
<laughs> in feet and in points. Yeah. Now, I um yeah, I think my least favorite movie uh man, that is tough. I I I guess maybe it is it would be Jedi cuz he's sort of an afterthought in that after once they rescue him. Um you know, he he gets to hang out and shoot a blaster on Endor for a little bit. Yeah. But um plus his monkey face when he realizes that Luke and Leia are related is Oh yeah. yeah. Like real, like they linger on his monkey face way too long. <laughs> but that's one of those things though that like I know that George Lucas claims that that was all planned. Yeah. It absolutely was not. It absolutely was not. Luke and Leia were supposed to fall in love and then they yeah. changed it. There's just there's no way you'll convince me of anything else. Um yeah, I, I guess uh, you know, barring Rise of Skywalker, Return of the Jedi, but really only as a placeholder. Um for Indiana Jones, I think my least favorite Indiana Jones movie is probably the newest one, which I still again quite liked. But in terms of like Indy as a character being used in the movie, man, I I guess it would have to be the new one. I I think it, although it does really some wonderful character work with him, um he is a little bit pushed into the the background of the of the plot a little bit but it's kind of by design um yeah i would give it to the new one i know you haven't seen the new one yet but if I you don't have these favorite i'm gonna be a hundred percent honest with you right now yeah as the kids say these days i'm gonna keep it a hundred well i'm gonna tell you no cap you're missing out i'm gonna tell you uh legitty that I don't, think, I don't think that's a kid say <laughs> i don't think that's a thing i'm no kid but i don't think that's a thing um yeah it's lit <laughs> it's lit <laughs> that you saying legitty reminded me i i wish i could credit them someone tweeted for pride month they were like new character guy who pronounces lgbt legibity <laughs> <laughs> like that's so good <laughs> i was thinking it would be really good i don't know why i'm gonna derail a little bit it would be a really good promo for um uh like a cafe to put an LGBT sandwich, which is just a BLT, but with guac. So I was at a restaurant this weekend and they did exactly that. They had an LGBTQ sandwich and it was a BLT with guacamole and queso added to it. That's awesome. Yeah. I almost got it. it look, I mean, that sounds delicious. Yeah, I but I ended up getting a sandwich called the Bodega, which had a whole oh. bunch of fucking shit on it. And uh, it was Well, for Pride Month, they should have called that one the Bogeta. There you go. Bogeta. Come uh, to me was... with all your with all your Pride Month marketing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, shout out to Ale Mary's uh yeah. in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Because uh, that shit name. was unbelievable. Yeah. And I've been calling it Scantron, Pennsylvania, in honor of the tests that you took at school to uh because I <laughs> I never watched the office, so I don't yeah, have I know, that I connection. Yeah. So it's just Scantron. And um, yeah, shout yeah. out to Ale Mary's. Right, um, let's get back on track here get back on track well we're just loose, getting loosened up here um i guess this is more for just your character that you've chosen uh uh for han solo steven why is han solo important to you um he was the first <laughs> i was about to say something similar to he was the first time i felt represented on screen but that's not true at all <laughs> i mean he might not be the first time that you were um, by quantifiable no, metrics represented on screen very it's a very bad joke about 
Well, no, no. I mean, I think there's a valid point to be made. Like, just because he's not the first time that your demographics were represented, you know, is there an aspect of his personality? Like, what yeah, is it no, that it you was... see in him that you identify with that makes you feel that? It was, truth be told, it was how <laughs> who I um, uh, kind of templated all of my defense mechanisms on as a child during my formative years. So when I was watching the special editions on VHS over and over again, while my parents were getting divorced, um, I was like, you know what is really cool? Being snarky and being funny and being sarcastic. And that's badass. And I could be a space pirate if I just check off all those other boxes. I, uh, I, I feel like, um, I, I, one of the things that I like about Han Solo is that I think he does hide behind snark and, you know, to like not confront shit. But I, I think he always ultimately does confront that shit. So he's like sort of a healthy version of the hiding behind snark. Yeah, because eventually it gets and I do this to this day, eventually it gets to the point and not even in a very long capacity. It gets to a point where it's better to know the devil in front of you than the devil that you don't. So like dealing with your shit ultimately is going to be more beneficial in the long run, but I will complain about it and grumble the whole time. Fair enough. You know, like that's, that's, that's how this, that's Han Solo in, in essence, pretty much. And I think too, like to yeah, I'll do the, the right uh, thing, but fuck you. <laughs> the, well, the, I love you. I know is just like, Oh yeah, he's yeah. never going to say it, but he is going to make sure, you know, he does love. Yeah, you know, in his in his own language, um, yeah. I, as as a comedian, I I would identify with someone like Han Solo, who's like cocky to a fault, but much not fully opposite, but opposite in that regard. The thing that I love and identify with, uh, or at least aspire to be like with Indiana Jones, is that in every also, one, movie... I, one last point, thing, one last thing I want to say about Han Solo too is that. He was never really afraid to speak his mind about anything. And that's something that, and like people, even though they would kind of roll their eyes or gripe about it, they always respected him for doing that at the end of the day, I feel like. So that's another characteristic I feel like I've learned. Oh, you always speak your mind. Yeah, exactly. And I respect that about you because, like, so I'm. I try to be so agreeable all the time that I feel like I sometimes get walked on and it's the Han Solos of the world that remind me that it's like, no, you should at very least like say how you feel and advocate for yourself because it's just everything's smooth. It's all about where you place that threshold, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, for Indiana Jones, at least what I find aspirational about him is he catches a lot of lucky breaks but it's never fully because of just sheer chance that he catches these breaks. The reason why Indiana Jones is always successful and conversely why the villains are always doomed is that the villains stop at, I know, I know everything. This is what it is. This is how it has to be. Uh, the The Nazis, I knowed themselves into opening the Ark, Ark of the Covenant and melting. Um, the uh, 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 Mola Ram, in Temple of Doom, he had his beliefs and he had to go for that rock. And when he went for that rock, he fell to his death and got eaten by alligators. Um, the guy whose name I can't remember in Last Crusade, he knew he was the rightful heir of the of the uh, Holy Grail. He knew which grail it was and he was wrong. And he had that horrifying death sequence. 
Indiana Jones is always, always, always curious. He catches breaks because he's the first to say, I don't know. Or what I know might not be right, so I'm open to something new. And it's his curiosity that places him in harm's way, but it's ultimately his curiosity that gets him out of the way and keeps him safe. Because no matter whether it's an item he craves or a person that he knows or just a fact that he understands, he's extremely open-minded to what I know, what I believe is almost definitely not the limit of what it actually is. And so by staying open to that, he ends up getting on better adventures and commanding luck to suit him because he's always just a little bit more curious. And I, I I love that about, and I like to think of myself as curious, and I love that about Indiana Jones. That's a really good and well thought out point. Now, it's an arc that happens, an arc of the covenant, it's an arc that happens in, um because even, there's a line in the new movie, it's in all the trailers where he says, I don't believe in magic, but I've seen a lot of things I can't explain. And you know, one of the the things that they throw as like the a, Ninja Turtles World Tour, like the Ninja Turtles World Tour. How does Raphael play a guitar with three fingers? There was a turtle with a ponytail. <laughs> How does that happen? I didn't know that amphibians could grow hair. Yeah, that's why they have a rat who's a sensei. He takes care of the hair items. If he had a ponytail, it would make sense. <laughs> but uh, no, but I, I in a Temple of Doom, he is confronted with actual magic. Um, now granted it could be considered a chemical sort of thing because they give him you know he has to drink this certain blood and all that but then by the time of raiders he again says i only believe in science i don't believe in magic and anytime at the end of every movie he is confronted with magic and he does have that skepticism but with that skepticism it's never i don't believe in magic full stop it's i don't believe that magic is some unexplainable thing magic is just something we haven't figured out yet. And so I will curiously investigate it so that I can figure out why this is what it is. You know, the Ark of the Covenant, it might have ghosts in it, or perhaps there is some sort of energy-related thing that caused this to happen that, you know, we just haven't quantified scientifically yet. That's where Indiana Jones lives, where he can look at something magical and not outright reject it, but reject the idea that it's unexplainable. He has such faith in the human process and the scientific process that he sees something and goes, I don't know how that works, but if we stay at it, I bet we can figure it out. And I think that's just like such an admirable quality. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't, I didn't think about it like that. Uh, so before we take a break, uh, <laughs> do you have your favorite line from Han Solo? Yeah. Yeah, is it the same as the the moment? Oh, right on. Yeah, I was trying to think. Or I mean, maybe there. I mean, honorable mention I'll say is the line in Force Awakens when he says, "Uh, it's true, all of it." Yeah, yeah. Get off my plane. Get off my plane. Get off. Then he kicks off uh, Finn and Ray. Yeah, and BB-8, and they go flying into space, and uh, that's how the. Sequel trilogy ends. Because no ticket. No been, space ticket. Which would have been a better ending. I mean, it would have been really fucking cool. For <laughs> <Yeah>. sure. <laughs> People have been like, I don't know what they're going for thematically, but that was fucking metal. Yeah. No space ticket. The, uh, no, spa- <laughs> no space He looks ticket. right at the camera. No space ticket. And then, no space ticket. And the credits just roll. 
it does the it does the 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 wipe that Star yeah. Wars often does. <laughs> and the credits don't like actually say the credits. Just a note from us saying like, "Hey, it's Stephen Dan from the Hot <laughs> Property and I Like to Movie Movie Podcast." We found the Infinity Stones and we fixed the timeline where you don't have to watch what actually happens in the rest of the sequel trilogy. You are You're extremely welcome. welcome. Yeah, check I think out a our lot podcast. Of people will be like, okay, yeah. A little housekeeping. It says all this. A little <laughs> housekeeping as we go through this. Be sure to follow us. <laughs> they could have just listed the contact. Yeah. Um, I thought long and hard about my favorite line from Indy, and he actually is so full of uh, of good lines. Um, you know, he's he's filled with. Uh, uh, now I'm trying to think of a good example besides the one, but the one I ultimately landed on is not even the most profound or deep line. It's just a really great indie moment. And it's in Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, of all movies, where uh, Kate Blanchett's character, who is a, a Soviet spy, a Soviet, uh, well, she's just a villain, a Russian villain. And um, she says to, actually, I have it written down. She She's about to ostensibly kill Indiana Jones. Uh, Irina Spalko is her name. And... Um, she says, no defiant words, Dr. Jones. And then he goes, I like Ike. Which was the campaign slogan for Dwight Eisenhower, who hated communists in Soviet Russia. And so it's just this great <laughs> moment where he's just being a, a dickhead, whether she gets it or not. But it's just to entertain himself. And again, I love that that Indiana Jones is always working to entertain himself because he's curious. He's I like that you pick the the oldest of old man things to pick as your your well, favorite line. At the moment, I think the movie takes place in fifty seven. I, I could be wrong. Uh, at the moment, like that was a very current and hip joke. And then the idea that this sixty six year old man is just like you know I've seen a lot of shit, but you goddamn communists aren't good. And he just has like this patriotic <laughs> moment. And you know, I, my patriotism has severely waned in recent years but it's just you know indie it's very nice to see in in that regard well, but i guess we should take a break and when we come yeah. back we're just gonna go straight into a straight into some battle for fun all right all right we'll be back after a break i'm gonna sharpen my blade get off my podcast i can't do <laughs> that's a different one Hey everybody, it's me, Dan. I, uh, I'm i going to be honest with you. I don't know if the ads on the podcast are actually working because I don't think we have enough listeners to be able to activate ads. Now this is partially my fault because of the time that I took off from doing Movie Movie, but that doesn't mean I can't record an ad for the podcast itself, which is what you are listening to right now. So, Make sure you follow I Like to Movie Movie at Movie Movie Cast on all of the things. Please subscribe. Please tell your friends. It would be very helpful if you could subscribe specifically on Spotify. That really beefs up the numbers. If you heard a little bell jingling, that's my cat's collar because she came running over because she can't let me record a fucking commercial in peace. Hi, Doris. Hi, Stinky. But uh, please do all of that and check out our other show, Hot Property, at Hot Property Pod on all of the things. So uh, thank you so much for listening, and we'll get you back to the show. We are part of the Hot Property Podcast Network. Peace.
I'm coming out the gate strong right here. Yeah. Indiana Jones, first and foremost, has Han Solo beat on one very prime aspect of his existence. Top to bottom, fashion. He puts Han Solo to shame. No, there's no way. You got the fedora. You got the whole like the whole beige brown thing. The shirt that's buttoned down to here. We got his, uh, you know, his leather gunny sack and all that. His pants. They are they're they're color coordinated. They're sturdy, but they're soft. They allow him the movement that he needs to go on adventures, as well as the protection that he needs when he's climbing on mountains and such and such. Form meets function. When he's not out adventuring, what's he doing? He's being the quintessential sexy guy college professor and looking damn good doing it. He wears the circle glasses. He's buttoned up. Hair's parted at the side. He's got the suit and tie thing going. A bow tie, mind you. He loves a bow tie. Very few people can pull off a bow tie. Meanwhile, Han Solo literally has a meme of college girls dressing like him. Yeah, he does. Indiana Jones does not have that. No, Indiana Jones, of course he doesn't have yeah, that. Because, because uh, there's no fashion movement named after him. No, his fashion movement is not as mockable and as easily mockable as that of Han Solo's. It's not mocking. It is a form of endearment. I don't know if it's a form of endearment. Because <clears throat> uh, then again, it is it is mocking the college students as opposed to Han Solo. Exactly. But the fact that Han Solo's cool kick-ass garb is also Tina's wear for when she goes to see Brad Paisley in concert is, uh, I don't know, you can't do that with Indiana Jones. You know, it, it, maybe, maybe someone going to like... Listen, you, you've dug yourself into a 10-foot grave now, my friend, because you're talking about who is dressing... Um, you're talking about... You're proving my point. We're no, talking about a bunch of people, a bunch of women with severe daddy issues are dressing up as the only Harrison Ford daddy there is. Honestly. Without even realizing it. What I'm saying is, if I go out and I dress as Indiana Jones and I'm out in the wild, people are going to be like, that dude probably goes on adventures. I dress up as college professor Henry no, Jones that dude is and I go out into the world. People are like, wow, that guy probably knows a lot. Look at him. I go out dressed as Han Solo. Yeah, you're going to get your people that go, is he doing a Han Solo thing? But for the most part, you're going to get people that are just like, why is he dressed like my sister? There is my little sister. no way you're right about this. The vest over the white shirt with the, uh, with the tan pants is iconic and the boots. Iconic. I'm not saying it's not iconic. It's apparently meme worthy. The Hoth winter coat. I'll just put it this way. Iconic. Comfortable. I dress as They're... Indiana Jones. They know I'm going on an adventure or to or to the library to do some cool studying. Uh, if I wear uh, Han Solo stuff, you're either going to a comic convention or brunch with, with, with Nancy. The North Face put out an entire Hoth line last year. And they just put out the Han Solo coat as is because it didn't need any. There was no notes. It was a perfect coat. Well, here's the thing that was that was thrust upon Han Solo. He didn't choose that coat. That's just what the rebels had lying around. I don't even know if we can call it his fashion. Uh, I definitely can and will. And he pulled off the Endor outfit very nicely indeed. As which well. one's the Endor outfit? I believe it was just a uh, camo coat. See, you, oh yeah, it is a camo coat. I feel like though when we're talking versatile. He's doing the same thing, you know. In, yeah, in dude, it's like fucking—it's a fucking camo trench coat 
on top of his black vest. He looks like a space cowboy, and he's a goddamn handsome motherfucker. He's well. I mean, we can't really argue he, on inherent handsomeness he looks like because fucking, they are the same man. He looks like exactly how I want to look on a forest moon. See, sure, he might. There's no fucking way, dude. He looks like Blade Runner on steroids. I mean, first off, I don't think Blade Runner was uh, his name in Blade Runner. That was his occupation. You know what his I mean? name. His name was Deckard, and um, okay, it's and funny that we're making talk... references that it's just all that's like that's like being like he looks like the president in Air Force One. Let's talk. <laughs> he looks like the witness in Witness. Now let's talk about Solo. He was, I mean, Harrison Ford wasn't in this one, but Solo's leather coat from Solo, also a fucking choice piece of garb. Oh yeah, super badass. But I think for every. For every Han Solo, you know, he's he's doing okay. You know, I've got my cold wear. I've and got the my sequel trilogy wear. leather coat also fucks, by the way. If Han Solo went to Club Obi-Wan from the beginning of Temple of Doom, he would show up wearing his Han Solo gear. If he went to the movies, he'd show up wearing his Han Solo gear. If he went to a funeral, he would show up wearing his Han Solo gear. Maybe with maybe his vest is, is darker black this time around. That's it. Uh, Indiana Jones has like a look for every different thing, and it's all appropriate while also I being stylish don't and functional. Fucking understand what you're talking about. I just laid out all of Han's versatile looks. No, they're not versatile. Both day and night, from form to function. No, they're versatile in function, but Indiana Jones is versatile in former function as well as attuned to the propriety of the situation. Like I said, if if Indiana Jones shows up at a funeral, he's going to be dressed in a way that's classy per a funeral. Han Solo is not going to do that. He's just going to show up in Han Solo gear. If, if Indiana Jones like, shows up to a funeral, he's probably there to steal something. Han wouldn't do that. Han would absolutely steal whatever he could get his hands on. I don't know what yeah, you're talking about. He doesn't about. like stealth missions. And also, Indiana Jones would not be stealing anything. He might be uh, uh, taking something from someone who already stole it so that he can go put it in a museum. You know, like the British Museum that has never stolen anything precious from any person or culture. Yeah. But um, in the vacuum of the movies, though, I, I don't know. He's rescuing stuff. To, he wants to preserve history. Whereas Han Solo, he's just out for himself. Yeah, when his back's against the wall and it looks like he might have turned his back on everybody, he comes through. He always comes through. I'll give him that. But Indy does, too. But he never turns never, his back in the first place. I never understood preserving history. Why would you want to celebrate that? Because we must study our history so that we are not doomed to repeat it. We're not doing a good job. I mean, we're not doing a good job, but it's not no. for lack of history. It's just for people <laughs> being profoundly stupid, panicky creatures. Um. Also, I forgot what I was going to say. Well, uh, Indiana Jones's son, Mud, played by uh, Shia LaBeouf. Shu LaBeouf. Uh, Shu LaBeouf. He might not be the coolest guy in the world, but he didn't try to take over the galaxy and act like a bitch while doing it, like Han Solo's kid did. So I think he's got just the better be genes. Smear campaign? Is this yes. going to be a smear campaign? <laughs> yes, this is excellent. That's the whole point. I thought we were going to talk about uh, our individual strengths. Well, I'm I'm throwing them out there. Indy's Indy has the uh, strong genetic heritage that his son did not try to take over the world using a uh, a, a giant planetary weapon that was pretty much a rip off of a previous planetary weapon. Just saying. 
His just son saying. is named after the derogatory term for a dog. He chose his own name, Mutt, and it's a play on Indiana Jones's name being Indiana, which was the dog's name, as Henry Sr. reminds him at the end of Last Crusade. So don't even start. Um, Indiana Jones <laughs> uh, makes no impact to the story of Raiders of the Lost Ark. He does and he doesn't. Because on the one hand... <laughs> well, here's the thing. On the one hand... There is... So the movie exists um, with or without him. No, it doesn't, though. So which because... makes him the most useless character with the franchise title ever. He... It can be argued that without him, the Ark would have killed would have killed the, the Nazis anyway. The crowds... But uh, <laughs> yeah, he never would have killed the dirty crowd. I like then. how Kraut is the only acceptable racial slur. Oh yeah, they're terrible. Well, you can go, you can go Nazi or Nazi. I like Nazi because yeah. it sounds net. But here's the thing: the Nazis were so dumb that they never would have found the Ark without Indy in the first place. Well, that so is the fucking point. His plot is his plot is consequential because one, uh, it, him finding it allowed them to uh take a substantial loss which helped the war effort also he recovered a long lost artifact that didn't didn't seem to exist and in doing so uh sort of informed the u.s army that like hey there's some shit out there that you don't quite understand such as magic ghosts coming from here so i think it's rather consequential i don't well okay so how consequential is han solo on on anything in that regard uh, he fucking uh, gave Luke more time to to snipe out the Death Star. So he uh, saves the day in the end, the way that Indiana yeah. Jones does? Five times Indiana now? Jones did not save the day in the end. Yes, he did. The Ark of the Covenant did its job and burned all the Nazis alive. It burned all the Nazis alive, but he recovered a piece of history. He saved the day. He found but something that we didn't know about. It doesn't ultimately matter. It doesn't ultimately matter in terms of like the vacuum of stopping the Nazis, but in terms of growing the character of Indiana Jones, it absolutely won, matters. They didn't, they didn't win. Well, they won like the next part of it. What do you mean? Cause the they got part, the they, next part of the war and then they eventually lost. I think that this, uh, if I remember correctly, this movie happens, I want to say it's 1936 or 38, which I would imagine is the time where the, the Nazis were at their peak, ready to crumble. So this ties with them crumbling. He also, in doing this, rescued uh, rescued a uh, historical landmark being pillaged by the Nazis. By the Krauts. <laughs> that's so fun to say it sucks that that i guess what could ultimately be considered a slur is really fun to say yeah i would never call a german person a kraut I would. it's the same as like uh if if jenna and i are joking around i might refer to her family as as those danged italians but i say italians so that it's that it's known yeah. that i'm doing a character but who knows I'm I a dirty. Call, I'm a dirty all italians meatballs they seem to they seem to enjoy it i'm also half german yeah. So I am a I am a McCrout, which is the new sausage item for McDonald's that I don't want to eat. <laughs> that um, I do not want to eat. Um, but no, I I will I will give you that that in, taken in a vacuum, Indiana Jones's plot is is not uh he doesn't have much effect on the plot of Raiders. Except so, I will say he is at the heart of the story, and story is why we're all here, isn't it? 
There's a video game called Uncharted. Are you familiar? Yes. I am. Uh, I've not played it, but I'm familiar. It's Marky like Mark was in the movie thing. version with Spider-Man. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Beloved in, game, as I understand it. In the game, which I've only played a little bit of, but in the game, the developers, um, it's one of those things where, like, in the game, where you you play a treasure hunter, much like Indiana Jones, and this is hmm. where the point is coming into fruition here, um, where you get shot at by. A lot of that are hunting you, be it Nazi, be it whatever. Um, and it see it would seem like um like you know, they have to have stormtrooper level bad aim to not be hitting you all the time. Mm. When like you're or like you know, if the screen flashes red like you're being hit, um, you know, why is why does he have why does he start bleeding everywhere if he's hit by a gun? Yeah. And the developers came out and explained this as the red flashes that you see when you think you're being hit are actually just um, an invisible bar where uh, the main character's luck is running out and eventually he will be hit with one bullet which will kill him. That's cool. I kind of dig that. Which is kind of a cool way to do it and a cool way to explain it. Um, and that is how I explain all of Indiana Jones' successes. That his luck bar just never runs out because he always seems to be doing the right thing, rolling at the right time, jumping at the right time. Um, some kind of thing comes in and saves him at the right moment. Or another some kind of other Deus Ex Machina. I think See, that a lot of his success can be uh, chalked up to, um, you know, the maybe the like as you said, maybe part of the cosmic uh, non understandables in the world also revolve around him being so damn lucky. But it is a lot of his luck that translate into the success. I think he makes his own luck out of his curiosity, his knowledge, and his connections. Because, like, so Last Crusade, he doesn't get his head cut off uh, because he learns, you know, the 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 uh, clues that his father found about entering the, the Temple of the Grail. And he's like, oh, the penitent man, you know, so he gets on his knees. He knows that. And so he's, he's like, that's not, that's not him just, like, like, swiftly dodging something. That's him using his knowledge to get into it. He's rescued frequently because he has good connections through respect. Now, granted, like I said, he does get lucky sometimes, but... I think he makes his own luck. He's always curious to figure out what's next, and that's what that's what gets him out of the way of danger. He's also quite frequently imperiled. He takes a couple bullets throughout the series. Um, he he's, you know, I mean, like when when we literally nuke the fridge, that's like pretty ridiculous. But yeah. he's the kind of guy that survives that because he knows I'd better look for a lead lined refrigerator so I can get into it right now. You know, everything that he does comes from some place of of him having like curious knowledge it's never just like he be- it's okay. never just like oh he bends over to pick up his keys and a bullet goes over his head it's he recognizes oh shit the bullets could be coming from that way because he figured something out and then gets out of the way just in time i think he makes his own luck okay I disagree. Also agree? I, disagree. Also agree? I disagree what about now i i guess uh Han Solo doesn't really exist in terms of luck. He's pretty much just he throws himself into into. I would. Rough I, would situations. I don't want to play devil's advocate against me right now, but I <laughs> think I think the line "never tell me the odds" uh, aggresses otherwise. Yeah, but okay. So that's that's a difference I think between Indiana Jones is that uh, him and Indiana Jones is that Indiana Jones would probably he'd lament knowing the odds. 
but he'd also want to know the odds so that he could calculate some way to improve the odds. Yeah. Whereas Han Solo, he goes, don't tell me the odds. I've decided that I'm going to get through this. And by sheer force of will, I will. And it typically We're going to fucking out. do it live. Yeah, we, exactly. Yeah. We're, and by sheer force of will, he gets yeah. it done. You know, he's the type of guy who's just like, you know what? What if I fly into a, into a, a, a an asteroid storm, asteroid yeah. belt, let's go. And you know, whereas Indiana Jones would end up in an asteroid belt, like, oh shit, how did I get here? And then do the math to try and get out and be like, yeah. well, I found out if I did spirals, there was but less Indiana of a chance Jones, that it would hit me. I ran the parabolic curve. Indiana Jones would definitely die. He might die, but he might not. An asteroid. If you took Indiana Jones from the 1930s and put him in a spaceship and said, navigate this asteroid belt, he would definitely die. All I'm going to say is you should watch the Dial of Destiny. <laughs> he doesn't go to space. I'm not saying that. He doesn't go to an asteroid belt. But Indiana Jones is placed into a pretty far out circumstance where it was like, this fucking rules. <laughs> a pretty far out circumstance, huh? And granted, he has contended with space beings before because Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, he did, although they were uh, they were uh, uh, alternate universe beings. They weren't actually considered space aliens, but let's let's call let's call an alien an alien. They were aliens. And what was the reasoning behind their being here? I've only seen the movie once. Uh, they were just they were just visitors here that, uh, you know, they, they were here to do what we assume if you're the type that believes in ancient aliens, like that sort of thing, they were here to guide their little humanity project or to witness it or just uh, to, you know, the idea being like interdimensional beings would potentially see us the way we see ants. And it's just like, okay, you know, the, but you know, there, there's more to it, but it's, it's less about the purposes of the aliens and more about the human reaction to it because we painted them as gods we painted them, you know, like images of gods in in temples and stuff, and it's like, yeah, we would we would see, and it fits in with the indie thing is like we would see them as gods, and then as you learn more and more about what they actually are, and you get more information, then you might view them as aliens or you know what I'm saying, like. So when like civilizations long after ours is gone, find a 4K Blu-ray of Annie, they're gonna think that you know Jamie Fox was a god that we worshipped. Actually, I think it would go the other way. They'd find it and they'd be like, what is this little thing? Because they don't have a DVD player, whoever finds us. They would find a way. They might find a way. We don't know who's finding it, but they'd just be like, this is, you know, like the Library of Alexandria burns and we lament because all of the pages are gone. But like millions of years <laughs> from now, some someone might just like find this yeah. drive and just be like, well, obviously they were sophisticated, but I don't know what the shit this is. You know, like it's famed, famed explorer and just Illinois Jonas. <laughs> Illinois Jonas. Yeah. Illinois was the cat's name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a he's not Doctor Henry Jones. He's a he's like a, a nurse's assistant, uh, Hank Jonas. I thought. I mean, I I I envisioned a woman playing this role. Well. I'm just going to let that speak for itself. Yeah. But uh, I know that they're not moving forward with uh, Shulabu. And I, I <laughs> Wait, they're not making Illinois Jonas? <laughs> I'm saying it up. in uh, the Indiana Jones uh, franchise, they say this is the end. But if they continued it using Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character, I would not be mad at that. Hey, Kathleen Kennedy, 
have I got the idea for you. If you're listening, and I know that you are. Illinois Jonas. He's a he's an adventurer who never succeeds. Yeah. But he just he just stays in the classroom and grades papers. Yeah, looking at look and <laughs> but his, his da, 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 background da, da, da. is uh a ball rolling towards somebody very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> um I do think that Han Solo definitely edges out in the character arc uh category because I think that that his his arc for me was more meaningful, and I hate to say this, but especially when it came to his kind of demise in the sequel trilogy, um, I think that he uh, really. Can you stop doing that with your face? <laughs> uh, I'm chewing on my mustache. I forget that you can see me. <laughs> um, I'm like, yeah, I'm like trying to bring up a salient point and you look like that uh beaver from star fox i got this jake Busey thing going on you know what i mean yeah i know exactly what i mean no i sometimes when my mustache gets long i'll gnaw on it and i forgot that you were looking anyway han solo has a better character (laughs) because i i just felt like he grew more from you know only like the opening moments you see he only cares about money he only gives a shit about what's in it for him and then slowly as the new hope chips away at his uh, hard exterior. You see a little more soft, chewy nougat inside, and the Empire. I see what back. you did there. And then, um, yes, exactly. And then, uh, by Return of the Jedi, you know, he's fully, he's a general. He's a general now. You know, that's that's wild. He's entrusting people to, with his ship. That's a big step for him. And uh, you know, he's running a, an operation on the on the moon of Endor. I think that. He has given up the selfish life for the bigger altruistic ideals of his foil, Luke Skywalker. Um, and I think that because you ha- you see that transition happen kind of against that background as well, like the background of Luke as a character, it makes it more salient and kind of it hits a little bit harder for me. Fair enough. I uh, What happens then after Return of the Jedi that turns him back into his uh that part i really did not agree with as far as the story goes because like, like he's no, no longer a general i, I, I think hate... his character stays developed because we yeah. see him dealing with a broken up family with his son becoming you know a monster in the galaxy i think that all tracks but like why is he back to just like stealing shit from the dudes from the raid i really think that him and leia should have still been together he should have still been involved in the rebellion and that would have made his death even seem a lot more epic and more kind of insane that, you know, the the leader of the first or the first what the first what, first order, the new world order is that what they called it. Yeah. First order leader of the first order is killing off this high ranking general of the rebellion. That would be super epic for both sides. And I think it would have made a better story. But um, I do like how. You know, in the end, he still kind of selflessly gave himself up for the cause. And just seeing Han Solo back in any capacity on the Falcon was great, even though the resulting chasing through those uh, that pirate ship was not great at all. That wasn't great, although it did have yeah. the dudes from the raid. I, You know what? I got to say, I was uh, I think I'm going to go back on what I just said. 
I think it kind of makes sense that he ends up being just like a, a petty thief scamp yet again. Because like that's Agreed, what he's good you see at. This all the time, especially when like TV shows go on for too long, where it's like people, oh, here's here's a good story uh, wrench we could throw in the works. We'll just have a character go back to his old ways after spending so much time and investing so much emotion into that changing them. We're gonna have them just go right back to their old ways. That doesn't make any sense to me as as think, someone who enjoys stories. In some ways, I think this works though, because like he he is head over heels for Leia, and she stays a general. Their son becomes this big enemy, and they sort of have a falling out as a result of like their family splitting up or them just not really being able to to deal with one another's energies in the in a, in a correct way. And like maybe he would just go back to theft. Because, like I said, I think his character, the as a person, the growth remains. It's just an occupation change. But yeah, I don't know. I'm in the middle on it. But for me, I'm stuck in the middle with you. Stuck in the middle with you. Steal his wheel, Jerry Rafferty. I got clowns on the left of me, Dan. I got jokers on the right. And here I am. You can find us at I like the movie movie. <laughs> that movie movie cast. Movie movie bad. <laughs> Did you just did, did I just I said movie movie cast and you said ah oh, yes ah oh, yes movie movie pod. Come on. <laughs> well, I got to say that's exactly what happens. The um uh I think Indiana Jones he resonates. The reason why I, I think his personality resonates with me and why I think his arc uh, resonates better with me is that he has less of a of a singular dramatic arc of just like I'm a guy who's selfish to I'm a guy who's giving and, and cares and wants to you know Han Solo goes from I care about me first and you know my peace of mind and everything else later my pleasure my acquisition I want that and then by the end he's like no it's actually better to sacrifice yourself for the greater good profound arc but to me, it seems less multifaceted than Indy's arc. He goes through a similar arc. It starts as fortune and glory, kid, fortune and glory. And then it becomes, you know, that belongs in a museum. Um, and, and I think that now, granted, the, the fortune and glory was, a, you know, he still did have this interest in preserving things for museums, but he was a little more like gung-ho in the, in the time of Temple. But then we see in Last Crusade, you know, his daddy issues come to fruition and we get to see him meet his dad and we learn that his dad is the same sort of uh, uh, curious guy as he is. He's the same sort of like somewhat bumbling guy that he is, um, which tells me two things. One, that one of the reasons they butt heads is because they're so similar, which I think is something that happens between many sons and their fathers, uh, mine included. And I think that... uh it also silently says that Indiana Jones's mom, whoever she was, she was probably a fucking badass. Yeah, probably a fucking badass. But so in this one, he learned, you know, he he starts thinking about legacy, starts thinking about family history and how that ties to history. Uh, he ends up becoming curious about his father in a way that he never was. So then in the fourth one, we bring it back home. He becomes the father. Uh, Marion comes back. He has a great line in that where she's like, "Oh, I bet you, uh, blah blah blah." With all you, you say that to all the women you've dated since me, and he goes, "Yeah, well, they've all had the same problem." And she's like, "Well, what's that?" And he's like, "They weren't you." And everyone goes, "Oh," and she melts for him again and all that. But in this moment, it doesn't feel like him trying to get laid. It's like an actual moment of like true sappiness and him. And so he ultimately becomes a family man by the end of the fourth one. 
in the fifth in the fifth one now we have this fully informed uh indiana jones where his dad is is long since dead his family is now broken <laughs> the up the final form of indiana the jones. final form of indiana jones <laughs> but now we get to see him looking back at his own life as if it were the histories that he studies and preserves now i'm not saying literally but in terms of like who he is as a character in my mind i'm going indiana jones should have the happy ending of four and then at the beginning of five it becomes clear like no happy ending is is a ridiculous thing to expect indiana jones continues to live no matter what and so now we have to see a post happy ending dr jones going about you know a new adventure and it's a little bit of a nod to like the serialized nature of the source material or you know the serials that it was inspired by but to me it feels like a completion of 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 indiana i almost said harrison ford of indiana jones's arc from you know yes he goes from the completely selfish to completely giving and but he does it over five movies where we see all of these nuances of how that slowly happens and it chips away at who he is and it ultimately ends up having to do with like time and wisdom by the fifth one he's seen so much and lived so much that it's like i am not the star anymore i'm not the centerpiece anymore and that resonates with me because as as I get older and there's more time under my belt, it becomes a lot easier not to view things in a strict binary and instead viewing things like, wow, that chipped away at this bias and that chipped away at this personality thing. It's kind of scary. And watching my like my nieces grow up, it's like, oh, it's increasingly not about me anymore. You know, like yeah. that's the and Indiana Jones, since I've had him as as you know a movie that i've watched since i was you know seven years old till now him going through all of that and then me getting to go through all that alongside him i think biases me towards his character arc over han solo's but again that is yeah, i can see that it's more a perception thing but yeah but you're right it's, it's fucking so... unfair that it's not about us anymore i know that's, that's not what i meant you fucking know it but yeah <laughs> um <clears throat> Uh, man, you kind of blew my mind with that one. Now, granted, I think this, this, thank you. Uh, this also, you know, to, to chip away at my own point though, I think this also says something about like, these are Indiana Jones movies where he's the star. Han Solo is never the star of Star Wars. And I think also that's why we have less of a chance to kind of, so it's a, it's actually a pretty excellent feat of writing to be able to have him go through that arc. We just don't see as much of the nuances of it because there's just the lens isn't on him as often. And I think that's also why he resonates with me as well is that he isn't the main character and I um I'm not the type that would be like I don't like when the attention on me is on me. I don't like when, you know, I have like a big birthday thing. I'd rather just be at home well with a small group of people watching a movie or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like, you know, throughout my life, I've always been like, you know, if I were to create something, I'm more in the background, you know, like, like, let's say when I was like doing my film stint in high school and stuff like that, I've always wanted to be behind the camera where, and like, let people that I think have the talent be in front of the camera and bolster them up and support them. Like I've always been, I've always thought for myself, we're always more enticing because it's more interesting to me to be able to, you know, get people to where they're going and being a part of their journey has always been more interesting to me for some reason. I don't know why, but Han Solo is that, is that dude. 
and maybe that's why maybe Han Solo is the reason why I've always felt this way. Cause like Han Solo is that dude to support everybody. And by the end of it, I've anyway, to, to be that focal or be that support without being the focal point of the, yeah. of the series. And it I would think be detrimental everybody... to him to be the focal point because yeah. part of his existence <laughs> is being slippery and hard to pin yeah. down. And so maybe because it was, like I said, I was exposed to his character arc in my formative years. That's probably why I have always been drawn to that kind of support role because of his character. It makes sense, though, then that I would go indie because like you're the designer. I was the comedian. And so for a large part of my life, my main hobby and my career attempt was essentially asserting that it's all about me over yeah. and over again, because that's what you have to do if you want to try and do that. And um, now, as I've gotten older, like it's been hard to reconcile that it's not all about me, that I'm just another, you know, just another brick in the wall, if you will, just another cog in the wheel. And um, just one little snowflake. And I uh, <laughs> but like, you know, but at the same time, you know, it's like, you know, these little these little things we do seem so unimportant, but they're also monumental. And you don't have to be on a stage for, yeah. you know, to, to make that sort of impact. And so maybe maybe there is something there to Indy versus Han and our preferences. Plus, like, I always find that the people who are adjacent to that thing are always more interesting. Like, let's say if you were famous. Yeah. Like, you know, let's say you're doing three nights of Helium Club and I'm just there at the bar. Yeah, yeah, And someone's like, hey, how are you? What are you doing? They get to know me or whatever. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm friends with Dan Scully. I'm like, holy shit, you know Dan Scully? Yeah, like, yeah. That, that is more interesting to that person at that moment. And you're actually, actually probably more interesting in that moment because I'm up there just telling everybody how exactly, I feel. Yeah. And you're the you're the guy at the bar who's like, maybe he's got a fucking actual story. Exactly. Yeah. yeah he's so not like just that, doing that's dick always helicopters. Been, <laughs> that's always been a novel idea for me as well. It's like having access to whatever that thing might be. I'm putting that in air quotes, like whatever that thing might be, um, is always more interesting to the outside when you can have a more accessible point into it. Yeah, then, yeah. Then, like, let's say if I saw like the weekend out, I would be like, "Hey, Abel, what's going on? Like, do you want to hang out?" But like, if I see his boy at the bar with him, that that's that's close enough to where it's more of a real interaction. Yeah, yeah. It's and not manufactured, but it's still exactly. touching touching the star. Yeah, I yeah. feel you. No, I I honestly I get that and I agree. I um, I also my preference for Indiana Jones might actually come down to one of the most innocent things of all. I didn't really see star Wars movies until I was like 10 or 11, but I used to get babysat by my cousins and they had three tapes at their house, tremors, ghostbusters and Indiana Jones and the temple of doom. So long before these I are had three seen... of your foot, like these are like the ingredients of Dan Scully that you pour into a bowl, <laughs> sprinkle a little parm on there. You're good to go. Yeah. Get yourself a stew. But uh, I, uh, I I saw Temple of Doom, you know, probably 50 times before I ever even had a concept of Star Wars. So there's a very real chance that my preference, all I'm spouting is bullshit. And it just comes down to the fact that, like, there's a wrinkle in my brain yeah. devoted to Indiana Jones <laughs> just because that's what we had. You know, we each, we each found the different VHS. It, it really um, comes down to that. Yeah. If they put I a came, laser sword out, in Indiana Jones's hands, it would be over. I <laughs> came out of the womb with a lightsaber, as far as like anyone who knew me when I was younger will tell you. Oh yeah, 
so it's it's in you the same way yeah and at the end of the day though i what this really i think both characters are phenomenal and of course oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. harrison ford is is just i mean yeah he's if anyone's ever gonna treasure. get a governor's award at the uh oscars it's it's that guy and he's gonna complain about it the entire time. It's gonna be amazing, but in a fun way. Yeah, like thanks for this award. God damn it! Thanks for I, waiting to why give can't it. Why can't I die when I was too weak to pick it up? <laughs> I just flew in here, and boy, are my arms tired from climbing out of the wreckage of my plane crash. Yet another. Gary Oldman was there. <laughs> I landed on him. That man can act. Yeah, he's he's been in my way my whole career. Yeah, <laughs> um, I I remember when uh when he did the new Star Wars and then he did the new Blade Runner. Some interviewer was just like, "So, are you trying to just like resurrect all your characters? You know, you know, just to do a job, get a little money?" And he goes, "You're goddamn right." <laughs> yes, I but like, he's yeah. I like when um he's. Uh, he goes on to Conan, and one of Conan's assistants, who he like constantly shits on, Jordan Schlansky, <laughs> yeah, comes out with this like giant, like like ten thousand Lego piece Millennium Falcon, asking for Harrison Ford to sign. <laughs> and like the whole thing is staged, obviously. Yeah. But Harrison Ford goes to pick it up, and it's absolutely loses control of it and spins out by accident. <laughs> I've seen this, and he's like, "Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> My bad." Now he's a, a in Bruno. He does that one gag where Bruno tries to interview him, and he's like, "Get the fuck out of my face!" He he's oh, apparently man. the only celebrity who was in on the joke in that movie. Like that was oh, his idea. That's awesome. He's known for being a goofer. The the David Blaine video. Did you I see was that say, one? My favorite line might actually the, be when he tells David Blaine to get the hell out of his house. Get the fuck out of my house. And he looked like legitimately like yeah. you just did magic. He's no indie. Who's his wife? Um. Uh. What's her name? Calista Flockhart. Calista Flockhart. I was thinking Holly Hunter. I don't know why I'm getting my blonde actresses from the '90s mixed up. Eh, I can see that. All right. So uh, we'll go to the polls uh, real quick before we wrap oh, yeah. up. It's not a very compelling result because there's only 19 votes because we're not okay. at we're not at a taste buds level. Famous. Um. But the winner is Indiana Jones at 68 percent versus Han Solo at 32 percent. Well, that was uh, a question phrased. I said, pick your favorite. I kept it okay as right. basic as possible all because right, I didn't right. want to get into any no cap. things. Yeah, I don't think this is indicative of of anything at all. But I do think that uh, it's probably biased by the fact that uh, it was on my feed, and I've been bopping indie all week in terms of like talking about the new movie and how much I enjoyed it. So I wonder if there was just a general vibe pull towards. I'm gonna that. put my own poll on Instagram. Do it. See what. Just and do the same way. Pick your favorite Indiana Jones yeah. or on solo and we'll check back. All right, but um oh that was fun. I'm glad we did that. Thank you to everybody for listening. Again, movie at movie movie cast on all of the things. You can uh check all of my stuff out at scullyvision.com. Steven, you got anything you want to promote? Nope. Nope. That's what we're gonna do. BB eight BB underscore wait, is there BB eight underscore the corgi? Yeah, on Instagram. And we have merch, tinyurl.com slash hot prop shop. Um, but I think that is uh, all for now. So uh, that's been I like to movie movie. Bye. Bye. I like to movie movie. <laughs>